This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And I want you to check out MarkinOut.com. Make sure that you're listening and subscribing over on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may be listening to your favorite podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if you haven't already. Make sure that you head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com slash out Buy a t-shirt. It's getting cold outside. We had snow. You can even buy five t-shirts to keep you bundled up. Also, head on over to Facebook. Give us a like. Give us a follow on TikTok, on Twitch, on Instagram. We are at MarkinOut11 on Twitter, at MarkinOut, of course. You can follow me at DavidPTDP. T. That's right. Over on all social media platforms. Also, make sure that you're following Chris at Chris Swingdog over on Twitter and CMSweeney85 on Instagram. And definitely do not, I said do not, that's right, do not forget to follow Brandon at BTTG161. But you already know, knew that. But that being said, I said his name already. So, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. We are also now, hopefully, on YouTube for our podcast as well. Yes, YouTube. Uh, I guess there was uh, some sort of a feed involvement where now YouTube is getting uh, the, the push, getting the rub from everybody. Yeah, YouTube.com. So- is uh, YouTube is marking out 11. Also, if we didn't say it already, this is episode 676. Yeah, 676. Welcome for sure. How was your week? Well, my week was incredible. It was incredible. Where to start, my brother? Um, So Saturday, Friday, I took it easy. Uh, So this weekend, we had our PT Mega Review for... Our review course, Final Frontier. So that was over 10 hours of a class over the course of the weekend. Um, so on Saturday, uh, I was treated by surprise. Uh, my cousin Blake came on over and um, with my parents, and we had they brought over some Chinese food. So ate some awesome Chinese food. Then. The very next day, actually, no, that was on Sunday. On Saturday, ended up going to a place over here in New Hyde Park called Luigi's, which is really, really awesome. Chris has spoken about it previously. Um, I got the chicken parm with spaghetti, and apparently I should have gotten it um, um, a la vodka style. Chris suggests... That next time I go, get it a la vodka style. So I'm going to have to do that. with vodka sauce, brother. With vodka (laughs) sauce? Yeah. All right. So with vodka sauce. Um, Get it with vodka sauce next time. 
but it was really it was a really nice dinner uh large large portions i got a napoleon for dinner uh for dessert uh, i was gonna get a, a napoleon but huh what is a napoleon again it is, there was like a flaky crust. Oh, yeah, I don't crust. like those desserts. Um, yeah, it was banana cream with banana and like a pudding in the, in between each flake. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't know specifically how it was going to come out. I just saw banana and I wanted to try something different. Because um, usually I'll get like a tiramisu for a dessert, especially after a dinner, and I'm kind of feeling tired just because the espresso taste also gross. gives me kind of yeah. I, I I like the taste of coffee. I like the taste of espresso, um, especially after a dinner. So, but I went with that route, and it was really good. But yeah, and I realized that the reason I didn't hear was because my uh, volume was a little bit too low. So hopefully this is a little bit better. <laughs> I thought you said your vine. I was like, what? No, no, no. I thought I was fine. And I thought that I... No, I said you're, vine, you're doing fine. not fine. <laughs> what did you say? Vine with a V. I thought you said vine? your vine. Yes, the old, like, social media app. I didn't know what you meant when you said it for a second. Oh. Huh. Moving on. Oh, I forgot all about that. Wait, that wasn't the WWE thing, was no, it? No, that was Tout. Tout. <laughs> So tell me, how was your week? It was uh, uneventful. I really didn't do anything. I went outside the day it snowed. That was, uh, well, actually mm-hmm. I went the, the night it snowed and I went outside the day after to shovel the little bit that I needed to. And uh, of course, like, for you. lay down the salt and everything. But uh, I was not, I didn't intend to go out there <laughs> and shovel. So I went out there. I don't have gloves as is, and I don't have like a winter coat or anything. So I went out there, short sleeve t-shirt, and uh, I was freezing cold with my, my fingertips were freezing cold. So that was, that was fun. (laughs) Yeah, it was really, it was getting really, really cold out there. Apparently it's supposed to snow tomorrow as well. It said snow today also, but it didn't happen. I, so, it's it's mind-blowing that apparently it's been over two years since we've actually had an inch of snow. Yeah. That's such a weird fact. Like, it's hard to imagine that, but then when you think about it, it's like, wow, yeah, now that really makes sense. But it's just, I don't know. I've never, I never thought that we would ever go a winter or a year without at least an inch of snow. You know what I mean? It's a weird thought. Well, it's not like, but it's not like we haven't seen snow. So, well, we haven't seen enough to collect an inch, though. Right. Exactly. You know, but and speaking speaking of snow, yeah, should we move on to Monday Night Raw? Yeah, let's move on to Sun Sports Entertainment here and speak about that Monday Night Raw. Monday night. Monday night. Nitro. Oh, what are you, my echo? Oh, this is, I, I we, thought, yeah, wanted to imitate you. You're too cool. We had a, uh, a like, a B-stage setup for Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, I think it was because of the snowstorm. They had, it was Little Rock, Arkansas. It was Monday Night Raw, so it looked a bit like the ECW stage from 2007. Yeah. I saw it, somebody say that the because of the roof 
They couldn't hang the lighting equipment because of the snow on the roof. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, it's, that's why we got, I got the it, stage we did, I guess. I got to say, like, it, it, it did it did give off to me a live event. I don't know. It didn't feel like a Monday Night Raw to me, and I don't know if it was because of the scenery. Like, I don't was, think the Raw was any different. I think the stage was different, obviously. Yeah, yeah, the stage was different. Um, I don't know. There was something about it. But opening up with well, Cody Rhodes, though. Yeah, and Drew McIntyre interrupted him, and he said that he's proud of Cody for everything that he's achieved. They're the same age. They're former tag team champions together. And the, he mentioned their match that, that him and Cody had. It was on the Independence, I think. I don't know which company it was. Yeah, I don't but he said that was where it was, but yeah. He said Cody once told him that he'll be a future world champion and then he went back to WWE and did it twice. So he told Cody that he'll be the first member of his family to win the WWE championship and he'll finish the story, but he will not finish the story before he finishes his. And then McIntyre told him to stop doing what he's doing and be the real Cody. And right now, Cody is standing in his way of achieving the WWE Championship. Yeah, I thought that this was really a good uh, promo by Drew McIntyre. Um, and I like how they how he brought up how both of them left the company and they re- kind of rediscovered themselves and everything like that. And how now that they're back. Um, I like that he also brought up the past history, the, what was it? The, um, what was their tag team name again? Tag team? Huh? Uh, was it the dashing With, with ones? a D, the no. dashing. Yeah, the dashing ones. Um, I don't think I would know, have remembered I, them being tag team champions. Exactly. Like, I like that throwback. And especially if you're like a younger fan and you're not familiar with Cody Rhodes' first run with the WWE or even Drew McIntyre's run back then. You wouldn't have any idea that these two were actually a tag team in the past. So I really like that addition to the storyline, especially for newer fans that would have no clue. Yeah, it's like the the CM Punk and Kofi Kingston spot. Yeah, exactly. Yep. First match of Monday Night Raw saw DIY pick up the victory over the Judgment Day, JD McDonough and Dominic Mysterio. And I thought... This was a good match. It started off pretty slow. But I think JD and Dominic did a good job with the heel spots, preventing Johnny Gargano from tagging out. Yeah. I, I think but that my... once Johnny tagged in, everything yeah, I think pretty my, much changed. My highlight of this match is R-Truth. Like, I popped so hard for that Judgment Day entrance where you have R-Truth in the background joining them, and then when they're in the ring doing their group pose, you have R-Truth just like an all-serious coming up behind them, putting his arms around them, and then Miz being like, no, you're supposed to be on my side. No, that's the and wrong stuff match. Like that. like, that's the wrong Oh, that was later on. That was later on. of the later match. Yeah, that was later on. Yep, yep, my bad. I'm too, I'm too caught up. DIY I'm too caught up with everything with Judgment Day and R-Truth. <laughs> But we're we're getting DIY built up, hopefully, and maybe they'll be the ones that take the tag titles. Who knows? I I don't know. 
they're exciting and everything, but I don't know. I don't know. It seems, I, I guess I'm still, I don't know. There's something about it that's just not attracting me too much to them. I feel like I just want Champa to, I'm like anticipating Champa turning on him already. But. Well, after that, we saw The Way pick up the victory over Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. Earlier in the night, we saw The Way speak with Adam Pierce, and Chelsea and Piper interrupted that about, and they they spoke about the match from last week, and they wanted another rematch. And Adam Pierce was like, "Well, you already had the rematch, so they want to wrestle. You want a rematch? Let me just put this match together." So he puts this together. I liked that code breaker that Candace did to Chelsea because it was also a sent on to Piper mm-hmm. to the back of her. I thought that was pretty cool. The, the ending I don't was a bit wonky. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's just me, but did it seem like something with Indy Hartwell and Chelsea Green in this like I don't know, maybe it was just Indy Hartwell at the end of it. It just seems... I like the attempt of the end and everything, but like Indy set Chelsea up on the, the ropes and Candace hit the Lions all, but Indy also kind of pinned Chelsea at first, at first, which I thought was weird, and I feel like the referee should have stopped counting. Yeah. That's based off my memory. I didn't rewind I mean, there, to there was rewatch something before that, that spot, so... And there was something before that, too, with Indy uh, that led to Chelsea Green going to the outside of the ring that just... Where, like, Indy Hartwell hit her with the boot to the face or whatever. And it just looked a little bit weird. But <sighs> the way did pick up the victory over Piper, the former champions, Niven and Green. So, hey, maybe we're going to have DIY and the way um, holding championships. Yeah, now we're just missing Dexter Loomis. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a long time. But, been a long time. Yeah. After that, Imperium, uh, Ludwig Kaiser, and Gunter came out. And Gunter said that it does not matter who's winning the Royal Rumble. He entered the Royal Rumble at number one last year and made it to the end. And he said that he's going to win it this year in main event WrestleMania. So I guess the Royal Rumble is really where Gunter's match at WrestleMania is going to come from. I mean, I, I'm totally okay with that. I mean, the guy, he outlasted, he broke the record last year, uh, being at in at number one. And I think that that's so commendable, especially being that he is a larger guy, to go in at number one and last for so long with the cardio endurance for that. Um, so for him to enter at the Royal Rumble, I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool. I guess we're going to see whoever he... I guess, gets eliminated by, if he gets eliminated. I mean, he'll probably most likely be eliminated, but I guess whoever eliminates him, that's going to be the WrestleMania or Elimination Chamber challenge for the IC belt. No, I think it's going to lead to WrestleMania. And I don't, I'm like torn on this because we saw Gunther addressed everything that's been happening with Ludwig Kaiser as of late. And he put Kaiser over, Xavier Woods interrupted. And he challenged Ludwig Kaiser for what he did to Kofi Kingston. And they brawled. It sets up the match. Kaiser picks up the victory over Woods via disqualification. We saw let's Kaiser just, try but, to throw that office chair at Xavier Woods during the match like he did to Kofi Kingston, but he missed it. And Xavier Woods ended up using the chair on, on Kaiser. 
Yeah, but there were so many folding chair. There were so many good spots in this. There's that one where Xavier Woods, where uh, Kaiser went charging after him on the outside of the ring, and uh, Woods was on the steps, and he hit him with the double stomp to the chest. Um, there was, just, and then at some point, I guess Woods got busted open in the mouth, which yeah, I don't know if we have seen this sort of a an aggression from Xavier Woods. No, I don't. In, I we might have seen with little bits and pieces, but Xavier Woods he picked up those steps to throw at Kaiser. Kaiser ducked it, and it hit the ring post. But I thought this was a very good brawl between both of them based on emotions. Exactly. Yeah, this was pure emotions of the both of them. And yeah, I really don't think that we've ever seen a side of Xavier Woods to this sort of an emotional anger level. Usually, we see Xavier Woods in New Day. Uh, in a very positive, happy-go-lucky kind of a um, light. But this one, Xavier Woods was pure, ag- ruthless aggression. And I was a big fan of this match. I thought both of them made the most of it, and it makes you want to tune in for the following week. And then Xavier Woods, I mean, he's a face. And he's getting he de- he gets DQ'd for using the chair. I mean, that is totally not New Day. So, Well, I mean, that's the whole, the eye for an eye for an eye, at least. Exa- yeah, I'm, I'm totally all for it. But and then next Kaiser up, attacked he- Xavier Woods later on, and, and Jay ripped him off, and, yeah. and Kaiser stopped. But that's where I become torn on who Gunther is going to face for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, because on one hand, they're feuding with New Day. We don't know if Big E is is ready or not, but if he was to be ready, could be. It would be an incredible surprise in the Royal Rumble. He could dump Gunther out, and that's WrestleMania. Or yeah. I still have very high hopes. Sheamus is on SmackDown. We haven't seen Sheamus in a few weeks. I would I would really like to see Sheamus eliminate Gunther and set up WrestleMania that way. I think we're likely to get either Jay Uso versus Gunter, or uh, like you said, uh, Big E if he's able to return. Big E versus uh, Gunther. I'm just gonna say Gunther versus Gunther. Well, my fingers, my fingers are crossed for Sheamus to get Sheamus that final championship. After that, we saw Akira Tozawa pick up the victory over Ivar, which was mostly one-sided. I mean, you had a moment where Tozawa was getting some offense in there, but not enough against Ivar. Ivar totally demolishing him with that moonsault as well. I like Maxine begging Ivar to stop when he went for the moonsault, and Akira Tozawa went and hit that sunset flip from the middle rope. And then Valhalla, obviously, she attacked Maxine. and I thought he hit the moonsault earlier in the match on him. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, maybe maybe just because he did it prior... It just stood out to me, but... Valhalla attacked Maxine, and Ivar took Akira Tozawa out, and that's when I... Ivar hit the moonsault. Okay, that's that's why, that's why. Um, but I, I like when, when um, Valhalla took them out, too. It was like, as they were heading up the ramp, she just took out uh, Maxine and also took out Tozawa at the same time. Um, but now she's going to have really to deal like with that. Ivy Nile. Mm. And Chad Gable said Ivar's going to pay, so Gable's facing Ivar next week, I believe. I mean, hey, if as long as we're getting Valhalla in an actual wrestling match, that's awesome, you know? Yeah. 
But after that, Rhea Ripley came out and said that she's tired of people like Nia Jax running their mouths and saying that they run the division because it's her division. She's champion. And should you win the Royal Rumble and you want to waste your WrestleMania by losing to her at WrestleMania, then choose her. But if you don't want to waste your your WrestleMania and you want to become champion or whatever, choose Io, I guess, basically, is what she's alluding to. But Becky Lynch came out. She put both of them over, and uh, um, it seems like this is going to be the match at WrestleMania. She said there's a voice inside her head that that says that Rhea might be better than her. And she needs to prove that Rhea Ripley's not better than her. And she needs the title to do that. But and she in order also to just get that title, she obviously needs to win the Raw Rumble, she said. Yeah, because she just she just lost a huge match to Nia Jax. So now she's gonna come in after losing to Nia Jax on the first Raw of the new year and want to get into the title scene. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that one. I understand the chase, but, and I'm glad that it's Royal Rumble where she's going to have to earn it, but I don't think she's going to. I, I don't think Becky Lynch will win the Royal Rumble. I really, I still have higher hopes that Bailey wins, and I still have Oof. hopes that it's Bailey and EO at WrestleMania. Mm hmm. But I'm not opposed. I don't care if we get Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley because that's been years building up. And that is a match that I could 100% see happening at WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I can just see don't that want too. It I can't see a Rumble route. I can't see Rhea Ripley losing the championship right now, though. No, Respect. but I still think that we'll see Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah. Earlier in the night, we saw Damian Priest confront R-Truth about selling illegal t-shirts in the parking lot. <laughs> and R-Truth handed Damian Priest a wad of cash, and Damian Priest is like, well, okay, just don't make, just don't be too loud about it. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I mean, then he, I think he it, told... I think on that same thing, it's worth noting that R-Truth was the number one seller on WWE Shop. That's huge he <laughs> topped he he's topping la Knight. he's topping john cena which is incredible it's such a huge feat where he's just coming back from an injury a really awful injury uh he's having such a great rejuvenation of his career i mean i would never think that our truth was going to be the top merch seller especially nowadays yeah just wild. I mean, think about how long our truths career has been spanned, you know, starting with K quick. And now he's the yeah. top, mer he's the top merch seller of everybody right now. That's incredible. But Damian priest told our truth. I not to tag in, in their match. I could swear. That's what he said. But judgment day was annoyed that Damian priest, like took a liking to our truth until he brought up the money. And then fast forward later on the night, we see the match, the Judgment Day, Damian Priest and Finn Balor. They end up picking up the victory over the Awesome Truth. But this was like you were describing earlier. This was funny. Yeah, this Our is Truth where I got to enter of my... with the Judgment Day, basically. 
Yeah. And then he dropped all the money over the, the mat and uh, gave it to Finn Balor and Dominic got a cut and JD's like, where's my cut? And Truth is like, you have to be part of Judgment Day to get a cut. And I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, everything with it is hilarious. Yeah, and I like the match. When Miz finally got in this match, I thought it was really good. He had like that that big run of dodging and doing damage to the Judgment Day all at once. But... R-Truth hurt Finn Balor. He apologized for it. And then Damian Priest took Miz out and R-Truth went to swing on him for doing that. And Priest kind of reluctantly yeah, took he didn't R-Truth want to. out. He didn't want to do Not it, at all. but he did it. Not at all. So I thought so, that was a great match. I thought the Awesome Truth would win because of everything that's been going on with the Judgment Day. But just having Damian Priest be very reluctant to do that to our truth, I'm I'm fine with them picking up that victory there. Yeah, and what's funny is next week, guess what? Our truth could play off as it was just an initiation. He totally understands, and then he which just, they did. They, he had that the other week too. Exactly. So he's just gonna bring in some more money for them, you know. And it's funny, our truth son, I forget what uh, what school he's playing basketball for. The coach tweeted out, putting uh, putting the son over, and tagged our truth and said he's a member of the Judgment Day. I thought that was really funny. That's funny. Uh, after that, we saw Shinsuke Nakamura's promo. Um, he said that his loss from last week made him angry and it made him hungry. And Cody should keep his eyes open, but for now he's focused on the Royal Rumble. I don't think I don't I mean there's no way Nakamura is winning the Royal Rumble this year. But who he'll be facing at WrestleMania, I have no idea. My fingers are still crossed that somehow some way Okada shows up in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> I mean, that's far fetching. <laughs> I mean, it's very far fetched, but it's 2024 and we've seen crazy things in wrestling recently. I mean, you're not wrong. So. You're not wrong at I all. I can't say no, so. Yeah. You're definitely not wrong. I could definitely see something like that taking place. But. Next up, you had Shayna Baszler. And Zoe Stark pick up the victory over Tegan Knox and Natalia. Um, I don't know. I wasn't into this match. Were you? Did you see Natalia's finger? No. What happened? Her nail ripped off during this match. Oh, no. That was awful. Oh, that sounds painful. And, yeah, Shayna Baszler ended up tapping Natty out. I wish they got to do more moves in this match. It, I, it, it was a quick match, but I liked what they did in the match. But we didn't mm. get, like, that big, like... I don't know. There wasn't crowd support or anything for the most part. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. was missing something, but I, I can't put it on the wrestlers. It was the timing and, and I guess, well, timing, it was a big part, mm-hmm. a big factor. Main event though, saw Seth Rollins pick up the victory over Jinder Mahal to retain the championship. Into Sheer came out with Jinder Mahal. Damian Priest showed up at one point. I thought this match was really good. I was entertained from start to finish. 
The internet complained, obviously, because that's what the internet does. I was okay with this match, too. I thought it was entertaining, especially the end of the match. I, w- I was entertained by it. I didn't, obviously. Yeah, I don't I, even think, I, I don't even think the people complaining were people watching this match. Or no, because there are people who wrote out word for word what happened in the match. I think they were more so like the army for AEW. And that's the thing that's, that's so unfortunate that like, I don't know, the, the tribalism the is just The dude from Cage Match much. had to put out a, a statement about this. Telling people to stop. Tony Khan essentially ruined cage match for this guy. Yeah. So that that's very unfortunate for, for him to have to even deal with that for his website where people would just review matches. And it would take the 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 scores, add them up together. And now people just flood it because Tony Khan brings it up and and they flood it negatively towards Jinder Mahal. Mm-hmm. One person said Jinder Mahal never learned to wrestle. Why is he in the... Shut up. That's so goofy. Yeah, stupid. During the match, though, Seth Rollins hit a a moonsault, tweaked his knee, and he tried for a pedigree. His knee went out, and he didn't get all all of the pedigree. I don't know if that was selling of that, but there's rumors that his knee is... Or his leg or something, that Seth actually got injured during that match. Yeah, I, I Which saw is very that, unfortunate. That, like, have it was it? Has there been an update on that? No, I don't think so, and I don't know if we'll have an update until Monday. Yeah, they've been really quiet about everything. Apparently, he was helped uh, to the back and helped backstage, and you know, just really, really hope for him to have a speedy recovery and that it's nothing serious at all. Yeah, but I liked. We got Veer involved in this. He put Jinder's leg on the rope to break up a pin at one point. Seth jumped out onto to Veer to take him out, and then he dove off the top rope, and it left Seth and Jinder down at the same exact time. And Damian Priest, who was out there, contemplated cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase, and Drew McIntyre shows up. They brawl to the back. And then Indus Sheer ends up hitting Seth Rollins when the referee wasn't looking at them. Jinder took the match over. And Veer distracted the ref. Sanga slid a chair in. And the referee dealt with that. Veer ends up clocking Seth Rollins with the Money in the Bank briefcase. The ref kicks them from ringside. And I'm like, well, maybe we'll see. After that briefcase spot, it seemed like maybe we could see Jinder Mahal actually win the, the championship. It's funny but, you said that. It's it's funny that you said that because for like for a split second when that took place, I'm like, could it happen? You know, like that quick second where you just start to question. Like, obviously, you know what's taking place and stuff. You know it's wrestle heading into WrestleMania season, but for that quick second where there was that distraction and stuff, and Jinder Mahal was getting his upswing, it really made you question whether or not he could actually pull out the victory. Yeah. But Seth Rollins was able to hit that curb stop and pick up the victory. Yeah. Yeah. But I liked it. I am. You know what? I like it. I'm happy that Jinder Mahal, Mahal had that, uh, that spot on him. Well-deserved. I'm just waiting for Jinder Mahal to win a match. It's been over a year now, unfortunately. Yeah. His last win was on NXT. 
which we might as well move to right now. (laughs) It opened up with the Dusty Classic. We saw Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams pick up the victory over Idris Anofi and Malik Blade to advance. Uh, I like this match. I like that Idris Anofi had Dusty Rhodes gear on. I feel like Mm -hmm. we've seen him wear that before. I'm not 100% sure. But I really hope for Idris Anofi and Malik Blade to get pushed more. Because I, even back, but I forget how many months ago at this point, when they were being used regularly, I thought they were mm-hmm. really working well as a tag team. And they controlled the a majority of this match. So I hope that's the start of, like, reintroducing them. So yeah. maybe it will, maybe it won't. Trick Williams was the one who did the work for most of, for, for their team. Yeah, they so, definitely need And, and he, got, he was the one that got the victory. And later on, Dragunov told Trick Williams that their title match at Vengeance will be at Vengeance Day. And Carmelo Hayes was annoyed by that because they obviously have the Dusty Classic. And I think mm-hmm. we can very much so see them win the Dusty Classic and then Carmelo Hayes, that, that big Triple H reveal that we've been waiting for, it was Carmelo Hayes who attacked Trick Williams. And we'll see him maybe cost the match against Ilya Dragunov. I I think we're getting closer and closer where it's going to take place. We have to find out I soon. I think it has to be at Vengeance Day. Yeah. I mean, if anything, I feel like it's going to be, this is going to be that WrestleMania matchup. The WrestleMania weekend matchup is Carmelo versus Trick. Oh, 100%. No holds barred or, or some sort of like... Uh, one of those stipulation matches between the two of them. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Grudge you. I feel match. like it has to. It has to. After that, we saw Obafemi come out and cut a promo, and he spoke about everything that he's accomplished in the NCAA, which I forgot to mention last week. He's the first NIL signing. Do they say NIL? Nil? What do they say? I, uh, NIL. Next I in line? What do they NIL, say? <laughs> NIL is fine. He was the first next in line signing to win a WWE championship or a championship in WWE. Maybe I should say. And he I said did. that he's backed by destiny and he's going to crush everyone in his way. And then dragon Lee showed up. He put Obafemi over and he said that he hopes that Obafemi continues the open challenge like he did like Wes Lee had. And he hopes to be the first challenger. And Obafemi said, no, and walked off. To me, that felt heelish. I don't know if they're going to be trying to turn him I, heel or anything. I, I hope I, not. I totally got heel vibes the entire time. Even when he was backstage walking through. Uh, what did he say? Like, get out of my way or I'm going to make you. Or whatever he said backstage to that person that was in his way. Uh, total. There, there's no way that he's remaining a face. He's... I've definitely he's definitely going to be a heel. Well, you we'll know. see what happens with him. After yeah, that, but... we saw Lyra Valkyria and Tatum Paxley pick up the victory over Electra Lopez and Lola Vice. Tatum Paxley, very very impressive in this, uh, showed up in Lyra Valkyria's gear, entrance gear as well. I thought that was really funny. Um. Yeah. Which she kind of reminded me of Damien Mizdow without like the full comedy aspect of it. Okay, I could see that. But I was a huge fan of this ending. Because 
Lola Vice ends up knocking Lyra, uh, Tatum Paxley out. She falls on Electra Lopez. And they win the match based off of that. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like, put a pin in that for now because something else happens later on in the main event. Yeah. I, and I think that Valkyria and Paxley together is really solid. But next well, up, I don't you know had which, which, what that's going to lead to or anything, but yeah, I'm, next, I'm very much so enjoying it. Yeah. Next up, you have Rich Holland pickled victory over Joe Coffey. Uh, Rich Holland, I guess, keep on making his uh, reintroduction into the NXT universe and everything. So I think him picking up the victory over Joe Coffey is, is a pretty big win. He basically controlled this whole match, too. Yeah. And then what I thought was interesting, Gallus jumped him afterwards, and they looked at the entranceway as if somebody would, like, make the save for Ridge Holland. Nobody showed up. Yeah. I mean, and I even think that was Pete Dunn. I guess put that out was them, sh- like, sending a message towards Ridge, like, nobody cares about you. Yeah. Even Pete Dunn put out a tweet pretty much ignoring. Uh, butch. Yeah. So I thought that was good. <laughs> Yeah, but but I wonder if like we will see anybody come to Ridge Ridge's like side or something, or maybe he will join Gallus because I originally thought in that segment last week he was going to end up joining, but they got into that that spat. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with that as well. Uh, we've had a backstage interview from Brom Breaker and Baron Corbin. Corbin was doing the interview and Braun Breaker showed up and Corbin apparently gave him the interview time of 9.30. It was 9 o'clock when the interview was happening. So uh, he was, I guess, trying to do the interview by himself and he basically said that he led the team to victory last week and then Braun Breaker jumped in and he's like, well, I mean, I saved you. To, in order to get the victory last week. And then he referred to the team as the War Dogs, and Corbin wasn't happy with that. And Braun Breaker pitched the Wild Boars instead. And Corbin wasn't happy with that either. So I, mm-hmm. I think there's a good shot of them being the ones to make it to the finals of the Dusty Classic. I think it's very likely. And as much as I would like to see them win, I think the bigger story comes from Trick and... And Mello winning and then having that big turn spot, I guess. Yeah. After that, we saw the LWO pick up the victory over Chase U to advance in the Dusty Classic. Uh, Joaquin Wild at one point got tagged in and Hudson didn't realize it. So that was pretty much the downfall of the match for them. I thought the, the diving tornado DDT spot that Joaquin did was super cool. Yeah, that was a nice but, spot. But like I said, I it, it'll probably Baron Corbin versus Trick and Mello in the finals. Baron Corbin and and Braun Breaker. I mean, I mean that's that has to be where the turn happens. No, no. I think they. I feel like they could end up winning the Dusty Classic and then having the turn during the main event. What What do you mean? Because Trick Trick will be like, we just won the Dusty Cup. That's amazing. We're, we're, we're brothers for life or whatever. We're family. And then 
Trick's like, I want to do this main event match still on my own. And like we've seen in the past when Trick is like, I want to do this by myself, Carmelo Hayes shows up. Oh. And then Carmelo Hayes costs the match. Dragonoff maybe, maybe Dragonoff gets taken out as well from Carmelo Hayes, but I would hope not because then it would add him into that mix as well. Mm-hmm. But somehow Dragonoff goes away or something and Carmelo Hayes just beats the absolute heck out of Trick Williams. And I don't think you need a championship on Trick for that. No, I think, I, like we said before, so. it could just be one of those grudge match situations. Yeah, I agree. With like a, a no-holds-barred sort of stipulation added. Mm-hmm. I agree. Earlier in the night, though, we saw Eddie Thorpe talking to some of the roster backstage, and Trey Bearhill walked in. Dijak then walked in and made fun of them for being together. And Dijak said that he could put him down. It led to a match where Dijak did, in fact, put him down. He defeated Trey Bearhill. Joe Gacy was on commentary. That was interesting. Dressed. What like did you think about Bearhill? I, I, we have not seen enough for me to have a thought of of Trey Bearhill. I thought that he was obviously his, got the size of a pro wrestler. Yeah, his entrance was very interesting. You know. Yeah. Definitely, definitely unique. Something that we don't really have too much of right now. You know. Yeah, people were singing "We Will Rock You," I believe. Huh. That's interesting. But Joe Gacy ends up headbutting Dijak when the referee was distracted. We don't really know how, where the ref was in that spot. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) But it didn't stop Dijak from winning. And Joe Gacy, the bigger part was Joe Gacy attacking Dijak after the match. And they brawl to the back. And Trey Bearhill had his back towards the commentary area. Lexus King showed up and attacked Trey Bearhill. So that continues their feud. Yeah. Backstage, we saw Josh Briggs, I think, watching back his match. And JBL showed up unexpectedly. And he said that the reason why he picked Josh Briggs in that that's Iron Survivor qualifier was because he wants Josh Briggs to discover who he really is. And he wants him to show NXT who he really is. So, what we'll see... There's got to be some sort of change, character change from Josh Briggs happening soon, but I don't expect it to be anything like a JBL character. I don't see... JBL said that when he put down the beer... And the cards, he became JBL, and that elevated him to become WWE champion. I mean, I would love... I definitely see Briggs as being a JBL character. I would love to see him do like a... I don't see that, though. I really... I can't see that. Really? Like being like the money man JBL? Oh, I I can't... do not see that at all. I can't see him being money man. I can see him being... You mean a JBL sort of wrestler? Like a character... Like not character, ring-wise. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can't. Ring wise, I feel like he's already there. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like he's already there, but I feel like he could be further there. Like throwing in, like really, a, like call it the clothesline to hell. And um, the only difference is that he can Briggs could do a huge. I mean, actually, JBL used to do the Yakuza, uh, Yakuza kick sometimes, more of a big boot. It's from hell, by the way. I'm sorry. Oh, from hell. It's from. Um, that was always one of my favorite <laughs> No Mercy 
moves. You used to TKO the so many people. to hell. Oh, Yakuza yeah. kick you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then the main event I can we saw. See something like that. Yeah, well, I will see. I, I would not at not all the mind the mentorship from JBL. Yeah, I feel like I feel like we're gonna get the mentorship. I don't think we're gonna get the money aspect, but more of a bad, <laughs> mean, more of like a stiff Josh, Josh Briggs. You know what I mean? Like more of a stiff shoot Josh Briggs. And I'm waiting to see what's next with with Brooks Jensen because he's gone back to the territory days. So we'll see what happens with that. I know I've said that way too many times already. I think <laughs> specifically for NXT, but I, I want to, we saw that, that journey song used that one time. Maybe they will use it. I don't know. I think it would be cool if they did, but the main event of NXT saw Roxanne Perez win the battle Royal fatal four way to become number one contender. We learned over this weekend that Cora Jade very, very unfortunately tore her ACL. Yeah, she could be absolutely. She could be out for an. Yeah, she could be out for an entire year. Which, which, like I said, it sucks. But she was replaced by Ren Sinclair, who who was Maddie Renkowski. Now we know her name in NXT for now at least, and she was almost Final Four. It came down to Kalani Jordan, Roxanne Perez, Kiana James, and Fallon Henley. But before that. We saw some cool stuff. We saw Kalani Jordan have one of those Kofi Kingston moments where she was almost eliminated, but I think it was Jada Parker caught her and she landed on the commentary table and then got from the commentary table during a commercial break, I think it was. Yes. So this was so irritating because that's like a huge spot of this matchup and for her too. And they right when she landed... You can see her situating herself, and then they cut to commercial. I mean, you don't even see her what happened until they come back from commercial, and it kind of takes you totally out of everything. Like yeah. it loses, but it loses that. Able, yeah, she she walked the barricade, jumped on the steps, and got back in. Yeah, it, it just loses that entire um, the the um, oh man, I, I'm losing my words. But it loses that entire. Um, the thrill of it, of, ooh, is she going to slip? Is she going to make it back in the ring? Could she make that distance? And to come back from commercial, see her in the ring, and then they show it, it's like, oh, well, okay. It's not, it doesn't hit you the same. Like, I'm not watching picture in picture, I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> yeah. Commercials are exclusively muted in my house. But uh, we saw Lola Vice eliminate Electra Lopez. And then Tatum Paxley eliminated Lola Vice, and Lola Vice and Electra Lopez started fighting with each other. So I think that's it for them. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see Lopez join the new Legato. I mean, there was a lot to take away from this, too. I was a big fan of Lash during this, too, this match. Yeah, she. I think she, she had a good spot there. Another person, Blair Davenport, knocked Carmen Petrovich out. And Ariana Grace, I think, was really funny. She kept trying to eliminate people and literally could not eliminate anyone she tried to eliminate. And she turned to Petrovich, who was laid out on the mat, not moving. She picks her up, dumps her over the top rope, and celebrates big time as if she won the whole thing. 
And I thought that was really funny. The Fatal 4 that it came down to, I thought was very, very well done and very entertaining. And as short of the the Fatal 4-way as it was, they packed so much into that. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, like I said, very, very well done. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And NXT ended with Lyra Valkyria showing up to stare down Roxanne Perez. Yeah, it was very enjoyable. I think that so, the, the women of the match definitely did great. Yeah, very much so. But that's NXT moving over to SmackDown. It opened up with the Bloodline arriving to the arena. Roman Reigns specifically showing up, going through Metal Detector. Jimmy was happy. Roman Reigns was not happy. And he said that he's there to fix everything. And Solo, after Roman left, said he'll fix everything. They go into the Royal Rumble contract signing where the three opponents came out. They signed the contract. And when Roman Reigns was supposed to come out to do so, Paul Heyman showed up and said that Roman Reigns will not be signing that contract there. And... Nick Aldis was like, well, then I'll just make it a triple threat for the vacant WWE championship. And Paul Heyman said that that Roman Reigns should be defending the championship one-on-one. LA Knight agreed and said it should be one-on-one. It should be me versus Roman Reigns. And then AJ Styles said, yeah, it should be one-on-one. It should be me versus Roman Reigns. (laughs) And then the two of them ended up brawling and AJ Styles after that demanded a match with LA Knight, which I'll get to. Roman Reigns was beyond annoyed with Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. And Solo kind of owned up to everything and told Roman Reigns that he'll fix that. That That's the main event. We saw Legato Del Fantasma pick up the victory over the LWO. I like the start of this match where Legato, all three of them left the ring to, to confuse Carlito as to who would be starting. Um... And I like this match, that DDT reversal that Joaquin Wilde hit was dope. And I think Legato did a very good job at avoiding, or not avoiding, messing with Carlito. And we saw Santos get that blind tag in at the end and, and got a quick roll up on Carlito to pick up that victory. We saw Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits address the final testament. They want a match. We saw the final testament later on address the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. I think they were both good segments. A segment that was unexpected. Well, not a segment because this was not even official as part of WWE. Karrion Cross put out a video this week with Kevin Sullivan. And that was really cool to see. I don't think we'll see Kevin Sullivan show up in WWE. I obviously, I can't say that for sure, but I don't think... I can't see that because that was not an official WWE video. Just it was cool to see. Karrion Cross though, said that he'll see Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits face-to-face next week. We saw Pretty Deadly get interviewed and they were asked about their match against British Strong Style coming up. And they said that they're much happier because they won't have any surprises this week. They're ready to face Tyler Bate. They're ready to face Butch. And... The amount of times they said that had me thinking Pete Dunn was coming back. And then British Strong Style picked up the victory over Pretty Deadly and they did have Pete Dunn back. And Pretty Deadly being confused as to who Pete Dunn was was really funny. 
I thought the airplane spin, the Terry Funk spot was cool. Overall, I enjoyed the match. I liked the comedic aspects, and I'm overall a fan that uh, Pete Dunne is back. And Pretty Deadly were pissed off afterwards and said that they were prepared for Butch, not Pete Dunne. They don't know who Pete Dunne is. We saw the KO show with Logan Paul as the guest. And he showed a clip from uh, WrestleMania from a few years back when Kevin Owens hit him a uh, stunner on him. And he said that it was that moment that he knew he had to prove himself as a wrestler and become a wrestler. And Kevin Owens is like, you're good, but you're not Rey Mysterio. You're not Seth Rollins. You're not Sami Zayn. You're not me. And basically called Logan Paul protected because of his name. And Logan Paul brought up the cast and said that he knocks people out cleanly and he's knocked all the people that Kevin Owens mentioned out. And Kevin Owens said that there's not a punch he could throw that will knock him out or keep him down for three seconds. And he said, come Royal Rumble, the cast will be gone. And then he went to take the cast off and Logan Paul sucker punched him. Kevin Owens got up and they brawled. And then Logan Paul smashed Kevin's hand into that ring post. And I thought this was a good segment. We saw Katana Chance and Caden Carter pick up the victory over the Unholy Union to retain. I'm glad that this match happened on SmackDown. That we're getting tag team title matches on SmackDown like that. Damage Control was ringside though. Bailey did commentary. There were two moments of this where I thought the champions were going to lose and I I wouldn't have been happy with that because I don't like hot potato with the titles but I do wish that this this match had more time they packed so much stuff into it and it wasn't that long of a match so I enjoyed the match for what it was but they should have had more time I wish they did the main focus of this match really was damage control And the Kabuki Warriors got in the ring afterwards with the titles to taunt the champions. And now there's a tag title match next week. And I really do hope that the Kabuki Warriors, I wanted them as champions. But I really hope that they don't win because of, I literally just said hot potato. After that, Carmelo Hayes was interviewed. And he was asked about his match being stopped last week. And he said, thankfully, him and Austin Theory were both able to walk away from it. And he said that even though he didn't win, he also did not lose. And then Austin Theory and Grayson Waller interrupted. And Theory said that he tried to end his career last week. And now he's being rewarded with an interview. So Carmelo Hayes challenged him to another match next week. And Austin Theory was like, nah, I'm busy. And and Grayson Waller interrupted and said Austin Theory had nothing going on and he'd love to face him. So I thought that was funny. We saw LA Knight pick up the victory over AJ Styles via DQ. Before the match, Good Brothers told AJ Styles that they still have his back. Even though everything that's happening, which turned out to not be true. Fast forward, they were not there. But LA Knight started this match off on fire and they ended up fighting outside. Jimmy Uso showed up and then Solo Sokoa showed up and hit LA Knight with the Samoan spike. And then he went after AJ Styles 
Solo Sokoa called Randy out for their match right then and there. So Randy Orton showed up, picked up the victory over Solo Sokoa. And this segment, it started weird, I guess. The the match started and went to commercial after we literally just got back from a commercial break. So that was beyond bizarre. But when they got back, Randy Orton and Solo Sokoa were still outside the ring right by the commentary table like did they just pause the match i don't i don't understand how that took place um but la knight and jimmy uso showed up aj styles showed up and when randy orton was distracted with all that solo sokoa went for the samoan spike but randy orton it dropped him with the rko and and picked up the victory. And then the three Rumble opponents were in the ring together at the same time. LA Knight took AJ Styles out and Randy Orton dropped him with an RKO. AJ got up and Randy Orton dropped him with an RKO. And then Roman Reigns showed up. Superman punch from behind. Or rocked him from uh, with the Superman punch when Randy Orton turned around. Signed the contract. Threw it out of the ring. To make Nick Aldis then have to pick it up. And then he set up to spear Randy Orton. And Randy Orton dropped him with an RKO to close SmackDown. So all in all, I think it was a hot ending. Gonna take a quick little break right now. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. This is Aaron Sheik. You listen to the Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out episode 676. Moving back to AEW Rampage from last week. It opened up with Eddie Kingston picking up the victory over Wheeler Yuta to retain, which uh, this match I thought was so crazy because I felt it felt like we've seen this match a million times. But in reality, it was just a few times over the summer. But the match itself, I thought, was a pretty slow match. I didn't think it was bad. The outcome, I thought, was obvious. But I'm glad that Eddie Kingston is is getting to showcase the championship and, and pick up victories like that. After that, the Hardys and Mark Briscoe were interviewed where Jeff Hardy touted the ratings for Rampage being better than Collision, which is a live television program. And I don't understand <laughs> why they would point that out at all, considering the ratings for both shows are not high. But I popped at Jeff Hardy putting the Hardy necklace on Mark Briscoe. <laughs> but maybe... I don't know, maybe they'll build them up as trios and we'll see them win the trios championships or something. I don't know. That was just a weird segment. After that, Swerve picked up the victory over Matt Seidel. If Swerve is a contender for the AEW championship, then I don't think he should be in a match like this. Because I don't think this makes Swerve, no offense to Matt Seidel, I don't think this makes Swerve look like a world champion. After that, Hikaru Shida picked up the victory over Queen Aminata. I like that we're seeing more of Queen Aminata. But a lot of the times, AEW books Hikaru Shida like she's someone like Queen Aminata. Instead of being a three-time former AEW Women's Champion. The longest reigning champion with combined days 
I believe the second longest time as champion in AEW outside of Jade Cargill, who was the TBS champion. So I would, I'd like to see more of Hikaru Shida being built up as Hikaru Shida rather than let's just throw her in this random match on Rampage. After that, Soraya and Ruby Soho had a backstage segment where Soraya aired a video of Harley Cameron kissing Angelo Parker, but paused it before he like pushed her off of him. And he showed up with a cake for Ruby's birthday, and she ends up throwing it into his face. It looked like a really good cake. So, I don't know what's up with wrestlers who, all of us, all of, All these wrestlers like to waste cake for some reason. But I assume we'll eventually see something with Ruby seeing the truth and maybe her and Angelo Parker turn face together or something. I I don't know where that's leading to. They need to fast forward it. Main event saw Dark Order pick up the victory over the JA or the not JAS. Uh, But like Dynamite last week, this was a tribute to Brody Lee. Negative one was with them. And got involved later on in the match. Angelo Parker, I popped big time. He came out with the cake on his face still. So I thought that was good continuity. And I thought the match at least was decent. I think this was a much better episode of Rampage than last week. But still not the best. Moving over to AEW Collision. We saw Edge pick up the victory over Lee Moriarty. This was the Cope Open. Um, and I get the point of these matches and I think it was much better than the match that we saw with Griff Garrison, which they even aired a hype video for, uh, Lee Moriarty and he cut a promo too before the match, but I don't know how these make edge look like a contender for the TBS, no TNT championship because none of the people he's facing are contenders for the TNT championship. Is Edge just eventually going to run through his opponents as he gets closer to the TNT title? Will the time be shortened in each match as he gets closer to a TNT title shot? I don't know. But at least Edge tied Lee Moriarty's promo into the ending by making him tap out. But had Lee Moriarty been built up as high as Edge is, I would have thought this match was fantastic. If this was an indie show, it would have been fantastic. Storyline-wise, I just, I don't get it. After that, we saw the Mogul Embassy pick up the victory over the Righteous and Lance Archer to retain the Ring of Honor Trios Tag Team Championships. I don't know where Stu Grayson is. I could swear that the last time we saw Sue Grayson, he was with the Righteous. I know Jake Roberts put Lance Archer with the Righteous for the Ring of Honor pay-per-view that just passed, but where's Sue Grayson? I also thought we were done with Ring of Honor matches on 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 AWTV. But as I'll talk about Dynamite, not the case. Moving on from that, Dustin Rhodes picked up the victory over Willie Mack. Uh, We're two weeks past World's End, and I feel like Dustin should have still been selling that cinder block. But I enjoyed the match. 
Much like that edge match, though, it's just watching an indie wrestling show. And I'll reiterate what I said last week with that. It's not bad. It's just not something I would expect on television. There's like no story to it. It's just two great competitors wrestling each other to have a good match. But it led to a fired up segment from Dustin Rhodes leading to a dynamite match against Christian, which I'll talk about. After that, Adam Page picked up the victory over J.D. Drake. Same exact situation as Swerve here on Rampage. And absolutely no offense to J.D. Drake, but this match, to me, makes Hangman look weak. J.D. looks great. Outside of the ending, which I think was a bit busy, but it's not like they're building J.D. Drake up. He's not won a single match on AEW TV, and he's been there since 2021. We're in 2024 right now. So, for this match to go as long as it did, knowing that J.D. Drake has not won a single match, how does that make Hangman look like a contender for the AEW World Championship? I do not understand that at all. After that, Deanna Perrazzo picked up the victory over Red Velvet. Commentary compared this to Edge. I feel like it's a bit different. I know what they're going with as far as Edge building himself up and Deanna climbing the, the ranks to get to Tony Storm. But I feel like it falls under the same category for the for a different reason. For the same reason as Swerve and, and, and Matt Seidel and Hangman and JD. Because if they're not going to build up Red Velvet, why is she getting so much offense in? Especially against Deanna Perrazzo. The next match, Hook picked up the victory over Kevin Matthews. This was a standard collision squash match, but this makes Hook look like he could maybe go up against a guy like Samoa Joe and makes him look like a contender. Kevin Matthews wasn't getting a bunch of offense in like every other opponent I've spoken about that they're trying to build up the the winners. This was a very good match for what it was. And it would have been nice to see a, a, a bit more of these matches before his actual match against Samoa Joe. But I think Kevin Matthews did a, a great job at making Hook look believable. And I forget who was wrestling a while ago that I said that they should have used Kevin Matthews to make his opponent look believable. They did it here. And this was good. Main event saw the House of Black pick up the victory over FTR and Daniel Garcia. This was a very, very long match. And I was not expecting this match to be as long as it was. This was the best match out of all the shows last week. Even if I still don't understand why Daniel Garcia is with FTR. But I popped at him doing the Malachi Black taunt and then Malachi Black... He's doing the Garcia dance, and I thought that was really funny. And then FTR did the, the Malachi Black taunt later on. Those chops to Brody were nuts because he ate Dax's hand on those chops. Those were crazy. 
the last like five minutes or so of this match I thought was excellent. And uh, after the match, they attacked Matt Menard. Uh, Cash and Daniel Garcia even things up with chairs. Don't know where that's leading to. I'm sure we'll find out. After that, Battle of the Belt saw Big Bill and Ricky Starks pick up the victory over Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara in a street fight to retain the titles. This actually started on collision with a brawl outside. I think the biggest spots in this match were from Sammy Guevara. I did pop for the photocopy spot, though. I think that was pretty funny. But Sammy, at one point, backstage did a backflip off the wall, super kicked Big Bill. I thought that was a cool spot. Takesh just showed up. He took Chris Jericho out. The biggest spot of this match was Sammy climbing up the stage, and he did a swanton off. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs pulled Ricky Starks out of the way, and Sammy went through the, the stage. That was absolutely crazy. And then on Dynamite, Chris Jericho cut a promo about the Don Callis family costing them the match and how Sammy's injured because of them. And then Matt Seidel showed up and told Chris Jericho he's losing it and needs to face someone like him, if I remember correctly, which was random as hell. And that sets up Rampage, which I'll talk about next week. We saw Julia Hart pick up the victory over Anna Jade to retain... And Orange Cassidy picked up the victory over Preston Vance to retain these two matches. Uh, I think they were fine. I'm glad that both of them got those matches, Anna Jay and Preston Vance, because they were both the winners in their matches on Dynamite last week in their tributes to Brody. But neither of them had a chance of winning these. I think the, the bigger thing was the Undisputed Kingdom coming out for the International Championship match. Um which I don't kind of don't understand because they're now making more enemies instead of dealing with all the people that they should be dealing with because Roddy wants the international championship now. So you're like branching a pretty major storyline into more tiny little branches that don't necessarily need to be there yet. And as far as battle of the belts go, I can't really tell you the last time a title changed hands on one of these shows but I feel like they're more so pointless because we get title defenses so often on normal TV that it doesn't really warrant a special like you could just if you're gonna have a a pay-per-view match for a title that's fine and if you're going to put a, a title match on TV, I think that's fine. But putting it on its own special, it's kind of redundant. Moving over to AEW Dynamite, though, we saw Christian pick up the victory over Dustin Rhodes to retain the TNT Championship. I was actually surprised to see this open the show. But it was the match that I was most excited for. Their last match that they faced off in a singles match was 2009. It was a live event for the ECW Championship. Prior to that was Monday Night Raw in 2003. So it was pretty crazy that it's been that long since we've seen Christian versus Dustin Rhodes one-on-one. But I enjoyed this match. I think the spot that I liked the most, commentary did not even mention it. Christian went to like thumb Dustin Rhodes' eyes 
And Dustin caught it. It was just something like so simple that I just, I enjoyed the hell out of that, that little tiny spot. But we saw Nick Wayne and Killswitch cheat in this. Dustin Rhodes technically, I guess, cheated in this as well. The false finish after the first kill switch I thought was fantastic. Um, And overall, like I said, I enjoyed this match. After that, we saw the best friends pick up the victory over Commander and Penta. I thought we were going to see Trent be a single star now. The match was decent, obvious outcome, but I thought we were going to see Trent be built up. And maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. I think the most annoying thing about this was when you had the illegal partners in the ring, the referee literally did nothing. And it was like as if he wasn't even seeing them in the ring. That made no sense. Penta was in there. The referee's like not seeing him. That made no sense. But the best friends went to hug it out afterwards. And Undisputed Kingdom showed up. Roddy antagonized Orange Cassidy. Because like I said before, he wants that international championship. And Orange Cassidy is like, okay, let's do it right here, right now. And Roderick Strong backed out. He said, I want you at Revolution. So that sets up that match for Revolution. Stupid on Roddy's part because Orange Cassidy just went through a match, a tag match. But we'll see that outcome at Revolution. After that, Mark Briscoe came out and paid tribute to Jay Briscoe, who passed away a year ago on that date of Dynamite. And he brought out Jay's kids. This was a very nice segment. It's still absolutely unfortunate that Jay is no longer here. So I'm glad that Mark got to do this segment and that Jay's family got to be there. After that, we had a sit down with the Young Bucks. And they played into Dirt Sheet, into dirt sheet News um, and really played up being like evil EVPs. And I thought this was goofy. I thought it was poorly acted. I thought it was very cringe. They aired a video package for Sting and Darby Allen later on. And Darby mentioned them becoming tag team champions. So maybe it's not just going to be Sting and Darby versus the Young Bucks. Maybe Ricky Starks and Big Bill will also be involved, which is... Kind of a crazy last match. Like it that like to me, years from now, when you go back and watch Sting's career, and it's like, oh, what is Sting's final match? That's not what I think of at all. But the the whole n- new young buck, Matthew and Nicholas. I it's so cringe. That it was so cringe. After that, the Bullet Club Gold picked up the victory over the Mogul Embassy to become the new Ring of Honor Trios Tag Team Champions. Both teams, I feel like, needed to win this. I thought it was a boring match. They basically repeated spots from the Christian and and Dustin Rhodes match where Prince Nana got involved and Anthony Bowens ended up taking the championship away from him. Uh... I don't know what they're going to do with this super group. It seems like it will happen, but now both teams are are trios champions in AEW. Except they are for Ring of Honor. Titles that I would like to not see on TV anymore. 
If they're going to push any championship on TV from Ring of Honor, I would like to see the women's championship. I would like to see more women's content on AEW television. We saw Adam Cole and Wardlow cut a promo. Adam Cole said that Wardlow will be unbeatable with the Undisputed Kingdom. Um, Meanwhile, he has not wrestled since December, the beginning of December. Pre the reveal of Adam Cole being the devil. So maybe he'll be unbeatable because he's not wrestling. After that, Deanna Perrazzo picked up the victory over Anna Jay. Tony Storm did commentary. She had some funny lines in there for uh, Ian Riccoboni. Uh, this match, I think, made more sense than the match on Collision did. Because, like I said, they're not building up Red Velvet. But Anna Jay, I think, is already built up enough to have this lengthy of a match. I think... It was it was cool that Deanna Perrazzo went to go shake Anna Jay's hand afterwards, so maybe they're turning her face. But Renee interviewed Deanna afterwards. Her and Tony Storm went back and forth. That part, I know everybody loves this Tony Storm character. That's it just wasn't for me. I didn't like that back and forth part. Uh, and then after that, we saw a private party pick up the victory over top flight. I thought this was the match that should have opened Dynamite this week, but it started off super slow. And for a match that they they were calling a dream match, it seemed more like a filler, which is very unfortunate. But uh, Mark Quinn cheated to win, so it plays up their new characters, I guess. It seemed like they were kind of heelish with the Hardys the other week. So we'll see where that goes. Earlier in the night, Swerve was interviewed and he was asked about the world championship and if he'd be watching the main event. He's like, of course I'm watching, but why is he randomly a vampire now? I didn't get that. And he also said that he's beaten Hangman twice now, so he doesn't have to do it again. And then Hangman was interviewed after that. And he said that it doesn't matter if he can't beat Swerve, which is so goofy. Because Joe is champion, and uh, I don't know if that makes Hangman look strong, saying it doesn't matter if I can't win against you. I thought that was so weird, but the main event saw Samoa Joe pick up the victory over Hook to retain the AEW championship. I really, like I said with that Kevin Matthews match, I wish we got more of those before this, because I, I really didn't feel like Hook was built up enough to even come close to the amount of time that he got in this match. But I liked this match. And I liked Hook. As soon as the bell rang. He went straight for Joe. And I think they put a very good match together. That Uranagi on the table. Through the table. Was a crazy ass spot. Because I don't know how Hook got up from that. That to me could have ended the whole match. But he got up and Samoa Joe powerbombed him on the uh, the ring apron. And they had a doctor check on Hook. And the doctor was telling Hook that he can't continue. And Hook pushed him away. He went back in. He beat the 10 count. And ends up kicking out after one after the muscle buster. Which is insane. And Hook had a comeback. Samoa Joe ends up choking him out though. And... I guess the bigger stuff came afterwards where 
He was up maybe like 20 seconds after he got choked out. And he questioned Samoa Joe if that's all he had. So Samoa Joe gets back in the ring, kicks him below the belt, and hits another muscle buster. And then Hook got up again. And I thought this segment, I would have loved for this segment to end how I thought it was going to. And end like Undertaker and Jeff Hardy, where Samoa Joe would come in again and do another big move, and Hook would eventually like, is that all you got? And then Samoa Joe would like shake his hand or whatever, raise his hand or anything. But you have Hangman Rundown, which I thought was so goofy. And then you have Swerve show up in the crowd. Hook left the ring. This big moment for Hook that everyone's like, oh, this is going to change Hook's career. He left the ring and all the spotlight was on Hangman Adam Page and Swerve, who just wrestled Matt Seidel and J.D. Drake, instead of Hook, who just wrestled the AEW champion, Samoa Joe. And people are saying like, oh, this is a a career-changing moment for Hook. I can't say that. We'll have to wait and see how they book Hook after this, because we've seen Moments time after time in AEW where it's like, holy crap, Dante Martin, this is the moment for Dante. And then nothing happens. Holy crap, Nick Wayne just did this. And then nothing happened. Action Andretti did this. And then nothing happened. So I hope that we finally get a moment where it's like, holy crap, Hook did this. And then the next week it continues. But then they eventually, to end this segment, you have Hook go back into the ring. And Hangman was cued to hold up his arm for Hook's theme song to come on. So that was unfortunate. Next week, I would love to see a segment where Samoa Joe and Hook have some sort of Undertaker and Jeff Hardy moment. To be like, your father at one point was a mentor to me. I know he was a mentor to you or is a mentor to you. I respect that and have like that mutual respect that we unfortunately did not get to see because they put the spotlight on Hangman and Swerve. Very unfortunate. But that was AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Hey there, Hiff. We should listen to Brandon's shoutouts. The first shoutout goes to Ted, which I mentioned last week during the markout moment of the week briefly. But I actually got to watch the show this week, and it's really just like the movies. If you if you liked Ted 1 and Ted 2, it's the same exact humor, but it's set as a sitcom. And so this is an actual TV show? High school. Yeah, they're in high school now. 1993, so it's a prequel. Um, okay. I do wish that they actually included wrestling on the show, but the TV spot from last week I thought was dope. And they also did on Monday Night Raw and NXT again. They showed clips of interviews and everything from Legends talking about as if they were talking about Ted, but they were obviously from documentaries. 
Mm-hmm. But I thought that was funny. But I would 100% be watching a second season of this. A second season seems very likely as it was the most watched show on Peacock ever or something like that. Premiere. Something like that. I don't know what the actual wording of the sentence was, but it seems very likely that we will get a second season. I don't know. I'm not I'm not likely to watch it. Well, do you like Ted? No. If not, then I don't see why you'd want to. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I like the first I thought the first it like the first one was funny, but now I see the humor and I'm like, eh. Yeah, it's the same eh. humor. Yeah. Uh next it's shout old. out goes to Role Play, which is a new movie on Amazon Prime starring Kaylee Cuoco and David Ayelowo. She is a contracted killer, and he's her husband who has absolutely no clue that she's a contracted killer. And they end up having to assume, or not end up having to, to spice things up, they assume different identities and uh, and, and go out to a, a, a hotel bar for their anniversary. And it leads to him finding out that she's a contracted killer. And I feel like this, this movie, movie could have called? used... Role play. What what is it's it on like Netflix? That one, no, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, and it's it like that good. one episode. It's like the one episode of uh, Modern Family. Yeah, that's what I'm. Like, that's that's not, what I'm visualizing. Not, not at all like that, but very like the the beginning concept of it is like that. But uh, I do feel like this this movie could have used more scenes, but I think it was a good movie. Comedy? I would definitely watch a sequel to this as well. Did you say comedy? Yeah. Is it a comedy? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a rom-com, but it turned into an action comedy. That's what I... Like, when I'm hearing this, it sounds like more action than comedy, but... Yeah, it sounds good. And then my last shout-out goes to Self-Reliance, which is another new movie. It's out on Hulu. It was written, directed, produced, and starred uh, Jake Johnson of New Girl fame. Anna Kendrick's also in it. Andy Samberg plays himself. But Jake Johnson's character ends up getting invited to partake in a, a game show for the dark web where he'll win a million dollars if he survives the people who were out to kill him and they can only kill him if he's alone. So he like pairs up and tries to like never be alone in the movie. Mm -hmm. And he goes through a bunch of like, I guess hijinks and stuff to stay with people all the time. It's a comedy thriller. I'm sure they could do a spinoff or uh, like a rom-com (laughs) spinoff, but I I would doubt that. And, uh, I wouldn't have minded if there was like more exploration of that rom-com aspect of it, but I just thought this was a, a fun movie. And, Sounds good. Uh, yeah, I like Jake Johnson. I like Andy Kendrick. I, I've never seen so, uh, New Girl. I've seen clips of New what? Girl, but I feel like New Girl would be something that I would be a fan of. That's crazy that you've never seen New Girl. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's my humor. I also saw Sasha Banks and Bailey were at the the premiere for this. Yeah, I mean Sasha That's Banks cool. and Bailey were also at the TNA oh, Hard to Kill that. too. Oh, oh no? so you can mention that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to mention something else. I was like, I don't want to hear that. But uh, those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our our 
right hour mark out moment of the week. You already mentioned Hard to Kill. TNA Hard to Kill. It uh, took place on Saturday. I watched TNA Hard to Kill. Rich Swan wore Flash Funk gear and I popped big time for that. Dana Brooks showed up as Ash by Elegance, which I'm not a fan of that name at all. But I'm glad that she's landed herself there. I think she'll have great opportunities in TNA. The big thing that I hate from that is that people tore it apart for being a ripoff of Timeless Tony Storm. But she I literally just think, showed up. She just showed up I in a fancy that dress. As well. That's the dumbest thing. That's literally the dumbest thing you could think because she, there's nothing there from that. I know. She didn't it, even dress like Tony Storm. That's not even the same thing I that Tony Storm would wear. I think it's just the name of elegance. I I don't because know. Because when I think elegant or elegance, I'm thinking something very old fashioned, which right now would be Tony Storm. We didn't um, see the end of the character, but I think right based off of the the what little little aspect of Ash by Elegance we saw, which was literally like nothing, just the way she was dressed. I think it, it was more like Emelina, what Emelina would have been versus anything to- Timeless Tony Storm is. Yeah. Because I mean, in the Emelina video packages, they would mention elegance. Mm-hmm. So I think see. that's more so. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you had AJ Francis. 100%. Yeah. AJ Francis, Top Dollar showed up. That was a, that dude, that whole segment he was in was, was fantastic. Um, and then at the end, Moose beat Alex Shelley to become the TNA champion. Nick Nemeth, the former Dolph Ziggler. I got to take time. Heel Ziggler on Twitter is no longer a thing. But Dolph Ziggler, Nick Nemeth showed up, attacked Moose. And now he is officially signed to TNA. And I don't want to... I don't want to like lower Dolph Ziggler at all. But TNA hyped it up to be someone we wouldn't believe. And everyone thought that was, like, Dana Brooke, but it turned out to be Dolph Ziggler. Wait, what? I think the way they hyped it up, it would have been somebody more like Triple H showing up or, like, Goldberg or Sasha Banks. I don't Ziggler know. Ziggler going to TNA, I think, is beyond believable. I'm fine with the hype of it ending up being Nick Nemeth. I think that's huge. I mean, the guy I'm was just I'm fine with New- it, too. I just think it wasn't, like, unbelievable. I don't know. To me, I think that the hype was justified. I think that the promotion of it was justified because it also got everybody to tune in to the very end to see who it was going to be. I mean, no, you, because you're they not going to promote they it. Literally, and say, thought the person was Dana Brooke, so it didn't get people to tune in for that. They thought it was Dana yeah, but Brooke. The, but the other stuff, you're not going to say, "All right, tune in for to see somebody that you probably would expect to see turn up here." I like, mean, Dolph Ziggler, somebody I, think, I would kind of expect to show up. Yeah, but you're not going to promote it as that, you know. I think no. that it was awesome. I, I, I think that it was awesome. I like the celebration of cl- and the crowd, the ripoff of the shirt to reveal that he the TNA. Um, what I'm annoyed about is that him and Cardona are facing off in goddamn Los Angeles. Yeah, I thought that was going to be within distance of where we can maybe go and see. It. <laughs> yeah, that stinks. Um, also, by the way, the best match from Hard to Kill, I think, was Alex Hammerstone versus Josh Alexander. 
There you go. That was a fantastic I think that match. I I want Hammerstone somewhere. Everybody was marking out for that picture of not Triple H beforehand. The blurry, blurry yeah. picture of Triple H and CM Punk apparently. Or Triple H and AJ no, Styles. People were joking when they said CM Punk. Yeah, AJ Styles. But yeah, then people but... people are speculating that was probably just the, the Grizzled Young Veterans, which it was nice to see them wrestle as well. Yeah. Um, something also, that I... Yeah, I go say, for speaking it. Speaking of Matt Cardona, already on that topic, Paul Walter Hauser won an Emmy. I don't know what he won an Emmy for. I, I feel like I should have looked that up. But he won an Emmy on Monday night, and during his acceptance speech, he called out Matt Cardona. I think that's hilarious. I think that's pretty cool that Cardona got mentioned. They also, he named uh, Ibushi. He had a reference for that. He referenced the Dudley Boys. But Paul Walter Hauser and Matt Cardona are set to face off in March for Wrestling Revolver. So for somebody to be on the Emmy stage accepting an Emmy and using that to promote pro wrestling, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Something that I marked out for was R-Truth being interviewed on Busted Open. Um, as I may mention too, I'm a huge mark for everything taking place Judgment Day and R-Truth, and his interview was hilarious. There was moments of him out of character, but then there was so many moments of him maintaining in character, and it's it just funny. And you just get such a good vibe from R-Truth, um, yeah. for sure. But yeah, I marked out for that. I also I did mark out for Ziggler showing up at Hard to Kill, um, and I'm in general I keep on marking out every time we get closer to Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble is my favorite pay per view, and I cannot wait to see what will be taking place on January 27th. Well, by this time next week, if you're listening to this uh, when this episode drops, by this time next week, you'll probably be watching the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to episode 676. Uh, You can check us out, MarkingOut.com, at MarkingOut on Twitter, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, YouTube.com, and Instagram is MarkingOut11, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut. At Marking Out on TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts uh, is no longer a thing. Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, MarkingOut.com, if I didn't say that already. Of course, you can follow us, BTTG161, Chris Sweendog, Sam Sweeney85, David PTDPT, and we wish you the... the- Best of luck in your future endeavors.